The Bible tells us in Acts that the early church members were first called Christians at Antioch. Why were they called Christians first at Antioch? Well, they were called Christians because they were living and acting and believing on this person known as Christ, the Christ, the Messiah. So they called them Christians. Almost as a derogatory name, they were living like Christ, the, the one that was killed, the one that they, uh, the Jews, early Jews, uh, uh, rejected. But over time, the early church began to claim the title Christians for themselves. And they said, yes, we are Christians. You can call us that. Because we are followers of Christ. In modern times here in the United States, um, a similar descriptive title can be given to different people from different areas of, of the country, from different states. Here in Minnesota, you would be called a Minnesotan, right? And there's something particular about Minnesotans, as I've lived here for going on six years. They're different from Michiganders and from, a different, from different other uh, people from different other states and areas. And they are, there's something about the description of who you are that, that ties in with the way that you live or, the, or your culture or what you know to be true. Um, one thing that I learned about Minnesotans being in Minnesotan is this this thing called a hot dish. If you don't know what a hot dish is, you're, you're probably not much of a Minnesotan, and I wasn't. So I was like, well, I don't know what a hot dish is, right? And the same can be true for those that um, know how to forgive others, right? If you don't know how to forgive others, you're probably not much of a Christian. Right? That's something that's characteristic of a Christian, just like hot dish is something characteristic of those that have grown up in Minnesota. Um, Pastor Peter was talking about uh, some kind of fish cooked in lye, this deal. I have no idea. I just know the description of it, and it sounds terrible. But that has something to do with his particular culture and who he is as that. Yeah, I think it's Swedish. Whatever it is, there's a particular knowledge of that because of who he is. And you could say, okay, yeah, if he knows about that, he's probably Swedish. He's probably wherever that is from. And you can, you can assign that to them. Also in, modern also in modern times, unfortunately, the, the term Christian does not quite mean what it used to mean. A lot of people throw around the, the word Christian. They'll say, yes, I'm a Christian. And you, you, you almost always have to ask them, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? Does that mean you go to church every so often? Does that mean you, you do this, that, or the other thing? Does that really mean that you know Christ as your Savior? It oftentimes doesn't in my um, conversations with people. So what we're going to talk about today is... A title, the title of the message is The Christian Christian. The Christian Christian. And I think it's, I think it's needed in, in our day, this, this passage that we see in Matthew chapter 5, to really understand who we are and, and what words actually mean and what things actually stand for. And what you see here in Matthew chapter 5 is... Jesus uh, likening Christians 
to a couple different things. Salt. Salt. What is salt? Salt is salt, right? We know what salt is. And then he likens us to light. He says, we, we, we know what light is. Light is light. And he talks about this city on a hill that, that, is, that is in view, that is visible, and that people can look to. We say, what is that? Well, that's a city on a hill. We can see it. These are things that are obvious. So in today's day and age, I hope we can, we can look at this and we can, we can know for ourselves what it means to be Christian and be a Christian Christian, not just a Christian in name, just like we shouldn't be salt just in name only. We, we have to be salt if we're called to be salt. If we're light, we have to be light. We can't just say we're light. The Christian Christian, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would help us to be who you've called us to be. Father, thank you for making us who we are. Thank you for making us Christian because you've saved us, because you died on the cross for us. We follow you. You are a risen Savior. You've, you've sealed us with your Holy Spirit. That's what makes us Christians. Father, help us to live like you. Help us to be like you. Help us to think like you. Help us to help others and forgive others and love others like you. Father, we pray that you would help us now as we look to your word, we look to this message that you've given us here out of the Sermon on the Mount. We pray that you would help us to take it and put it in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So the first thing we're going to look at is the, are, are the pictures that Jesus gives us of Christians, the pictures of Christians. And the first one he gives us is salty salt. Salty salt. What is salt? Salt is salty. And he says, salt that doesn't have savor, salt that doesn't taste like salt, salt that doesn't have the, the, the flavor of salt is worth, is worth nothing. And it should be cast out. It should, it's, it's not good for anything. He says, ye are the salt of the earth. We're not this salt that gets cast down and, and, and thrown away. You're, we're actually the salt of the earth. Now, what does that mean? For us in today's day and age, when we think of salt, we think of salt and pepper, right? Seasoning. Let's flavor this up. Let's make sure we have some salt on our vegetables so that we can taste something um, instead of just uh, whatever, whatever it is. We don't want anything bland. We want some flavor on this thing. We need some salt. We taste, we taste the soup, we taste whatever it is, the hot dish, and you're like, ah, oh, what does this need? It needs a little salt, needs, needs some flavor here, whether that's uh, uh, rock salt or ocean salt or just regular old table salt. We know what salt means, but in uh, Bible times, there's, there's a couple different descriptions and a couple different other things that salt was used for back in the day, right? And a lot of, the, a lot of those things went around preserving things, if you had some meat that was old and you didn't have refrigeration, you could use salt to preserve. Um, another thing that I saw in the scriptures was, was that they, they added salt to sacrifices back in the Old Testament. Different grains, different meats, different things that were meant to be sacrificed. The Bible talks about sprinkling salt on that as a way to uh, savor it or the way so that when it burned, there was that sweet smelling savor up to the Lord that often came partly from the different salts that were added. So these, this was a, a type of, uh, uh, it, was, it was almost like a seasoning type of thing that we would consider salt as for now, but it, would, it wasn't for us necessarily to eat, but it was part of the sacrifice. 
another thing that salt was used for was in terms of uh, victory or in judgment, depending on what side of the battle you were on. If you won the battle and you took over the city and you burnt down the city, city, adding salt to the ground was a sign of victory. We just defeated this area and we're going to lay down the salt as a sign of our victory. This town is never going to be here anymore. Nothing's going to grow here. We're going to burn it and we're going to salt it. And if you were on the losing side of that, you saw salt as a judgment. As, man, our city and everything just got burnt down and we're we're never going to be able to live here again. We have to move to another town where there's ground that's fertile, that's not salted. And over and over again in scriptures, you can see um, that this this idea of brimstone and salting is is very much a part of the judgment to come um, in the future as well. So there's all these different uses. I mean, I could go on and on about salt. Uh, I'm a chemical engineer. I use, it's amazing what salt goes into and what salt can do. Um, Salt is in the oil industry. It's in soap. It's in all kinds of different things, and it does a lot of different chemical things as well. So it's it's a pretty interesting and common uh, substance on the earth. And he says, we are the salt of the earth. But he doesn't say which one of these things we we are. So I think it just means, hey, you are this substance. You are this substance that can do all these different things in the earth, and that's your job. In all these different areas, whether it's adding to sacrifice, whether it's preserving, whether it's adding flavor, whether it's partly for judgment, all these different uses of salt, he says we're salt of the earth. Ye are the salt of the earth. And this idea of being salt, it means that we're distinct, right? We are something. We're not just any old dirt. You can just throw dirt on it. I don't like to eat dirt. It doesn't have any flavor. Well, it does have a flavor, but it's a, it's a dirty flavor. It, it's not good. But salt has a distinct flavor. Salt is distinct from other things that you put in your food. Salt is distinct from pepper. It's distinct from any of these other things. And I think as Christians, it's important for us to take heed to this call. Ye are the salt of the earth. Okay, as a Christian, I'm called to be this substance called salt that has all these different uses and in, 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 and practical uses, and and judgment, and flavoring, and and, 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 and enlivening things. And that's what I'm called to be, distinct. And I'm supposed to have this saltiness. I'm supposed to be distinct, and I'm supposed to be who I'm called to be. And as Christians, I think that's what he's telling us to be. We're Christians. We're supposed to be Christian. We're supposed to live like Christ. Just as we are salt, we are to be like salt. We are the salt of the earth. The next picture he gives us is of light. In verse 14, he says, Ye are the light of the world. We are to be a bright light. He says later to let our light shine. Now, if you've ever been in the dark, maybe you've been camping, maybe you've been a little child and you had that night light on, something to just kind of give you a little bit of light to keep you from being afraid, or you're in the dark and you're in the woods and you're camping and you're looking around for something and you're just trying to, you know, find your way to the bathroom or whatever it is, and you're like, I need some light. Because what happens in the dark is you run into stuff, you get, get caught by stuff, you run into, you might run into an animal that you weren't suspecting, right? You need some light to see what's going on so that you can find your way, so that you can see. You say, what's the purpose of light? 
I think it's pretty obvious the purpose of light is to provide light so that we can see. We need light to see. That's the main purpose. There's other things that light can do. It can, you can use, especially back in, in the Bible times, they didn't have electricity lights. They weren't talking about flashlights. They were talking about fire. For the most part, it was fire. The sun or fire, that was the light. So they had candles. They had oil lamps. They had different things that they would light that required fuel to keep that light going. wouldn't last forever. So they had this light source that was required, and they could use it, um, obviously, to get around in the darkness. They could use it to send signals here and there. Hey, I'm going to put up this light to let you know that I'm over here. Um, and obviously, you could use this light or this fire for warmth. So all these different uses for light back in, the, back in the, uh, the Old Testament days. And he's describing what we are. Ye are the light of the world. Now, light that is not very bright doesn't get you very far. Light that is uh, a light that only lasts for so long. You can imagine you having a flashlight, you're going through the woods, or, you're, or you need a flashlight for something, and then all of a sudden you start to see that flicker. Batteries starting to die. That's not a good feeling if you needed that light, right? You start to flicker, and you're like, all right, my light is about to go out, and I'm about to be in the darkness again. And you try to move quickly, right, because you know that your light is not going to last very long. So we know what this light is about. This light is to provide us visibility, to give us um, direction. And that's what we're called to be, the light of the world. Again, just as we are the salt of the earth, we are the light of the world. So again, he gives us this distinction. We are to be, to, to be this called out people of Christians that are salt, that are light, that is distinct from other things in this world. There's this connotation that there is darkness in this world and ye are the light. There's a connotation to the salt saying this earth is bland, this earth doesn't have any flavor, this earth doesn't have the things that salt provides to it, so you are supposed to be the salt, right? As Christians, there's a purpose for us being a Christian, right? There's a purpose for us being a Christian. It's not just to go around telling people, hey, I'm a Christian. That's not the purpose. The purpose of us being a Christian is to be a Christian. It's to live like a Christian. It's to love God and to love others like Jesus did. That is our purpose. But too often, I know I can do this, and I know a lot, many of us do this. We get caught into just the title, the title of a Christian. I, I'm a Christian. I go to church. I know about Christ. I know about the Bible. I know this, that, and the other thing. I used to go to church. My grandma went to church. My grandpa was a pastor. We like to talk about being a Christian, but we're not being a Christian. You see, I think Jesus give us, gives us this message for a reason because he's trying to wake us up. He's trying to let us know what it means to be a Christian. You are the salt of the earth, so, so be salt of the earth. If not, you're, you're, you're worthless. If you're, if, you're, if you're the light of the world but you have no light and you're hiding under a bushel, you're not being what you're called to be. 
So we see the pictures of Christians, and then quickly, uh, the third picture is in verse 14 as well. It's talking about this high and lifted up city. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Now, back in these times, the cities were built on hill for protection so that enemies couldn't just come and just take over the city. I think in modern times, the, the idea of cities is that they have these big, tall skyscrapers, and they're big, and you can see them, right? Nowadays, you build a city next to water. You build a city in, a, in, a, in an area where there's a lot of traffic and trade going through, right? When you, look, when, you look, when you just look a little bit that way, what can you see? You can see the city, right? You can see Minneapolis, and if you look towards St. Paul, you're going to see, hey, there's St. Paul. Why? Because it's high, <laughs> can see the skyscrapers. I flew into Newark, New Jersey a couple weeks ago, and from Newark, which is a couple miles, I think it's probably at least 10 miles from New York City, you can see New York City from a long ways away. New York City is a big city. It's huge. And what does that, what does that do? For people surrounding the city, they know where the city is. And if you're in the city, you can see where everything else is. There's this, there's this particular thing about big cities that draws people to them. There's a lot of activities, a lot of things going on in the, in the city that's high and lifted up. And I think as Christians, he, he's calling us and he's saying, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. He's saying, you, 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 guys, are, you guys are here for a reason. As the Christians, as the members of the church, we are part of this city of God, this family of God that is, that is set on a hill, Right? It's lifted up. Why? Because Christ, Christ is the one that we're sitting on and we're resting on. And he's saying, don't hide. Be lifted up. Be the city on the hill. Don't be the city down in the valley that no one knows about that's off in the, in the boondocks where no one knows where it is. That no, You can't even find it on a map. He's saying, be the city that everybody wants to go to. Be the city that everyone sees and understands where it's at. A city on a, is set on a hill cannot be hid, and it should not be hid. It should be elevated so that people can see it. We should be pointing people to it. That is who we are. That is what we ought to be. We see in these pictures of Christ, uh, the pictures of Christians here, but in each of these examples, um, I want to bring out the, the problem that we have with the contradiction the problem that we have with the contradictions of each of these. So we're called to be salty salt. So what's the big deal if, if I'm unsalty salt? What's the big deal? I'm still salt. I'm still Christian. I'm still saved. Well, what does Jesus say? He says you're useless. And it's not meant to be derogatory. He just said there's, there's, there's no purpose for you. If you're salt that doesn't have the salt, then okay, you can you can go on the ground over there and be and just be stepped on. You can be the the salt that goes out on the road and, and, and people just step all over you because you're, 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 there's no purpose for you anyway. So that's just what you're going to be. He says the same thing about light. If you're if you got a flashlight but your batteries are dead, okay. Th- I mean, thanks for the flashlight, but. I, you, I can't use you, right? Thanks for the oil lamp, but no oil. What do I do with this? This, 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 would, be, this would be great, 
but it's not. The contradiction of what we are as a Christian that's not Christian, hey, it's good, it might be good for us. We might be satisfied. We might be comfortable on our own and say, hey, you know what? Hey, I am a light. I know I'm a flashlight. don't have any light, but I know I'm here. It's self-satisfied, but it's not your purpose. Your purpose as a light is to get plugged into the power source, get your batteries renewed and, and lightened up. The oil lamp needs to be filled with oil. This city that no one knows about is a useless city, except for the inhabitants of the city. You can have a great time in your city, but no one new coming in. No one else knows where you're at. You ever heard of this city, so-and-so? Nah, never heard of it. Should that be the church? Should that be the celestial city, the kingdom of God? No one knows where, where to, no one knows how to get there. Why? Because Christians aren't lifting it up. Christians aren't pointing people to it. That would be a sad situation. God says we have a purpose. We have a purpose. But this contradiction that we see in each of these examples leads to nothing happening. Nothing happening. No salt, no flavor. No salt, no light, darkness. City, where's the city? Oh, don't know where the city is. It's hidden. It's useless. He says, ye are the salt of the earth, so be the salt. Ye are the light of the world, so be the light. You are this city, so point people to it so people can join you. Without us being Christian Christians, nobody, no, nobody learns about Christ. Nobody gets the transformation that we feel. Nobody else gets to be the light that we ought to be. Nobody else gets to be the salt that we're called to be. You see, there's joy in being the salt. There's joy in being the salt. You say, are you sure? Yes, there is. There's joy in being salt. There's joy in being light. There's joy in being the city set on a hill. These are good things, everybody, right? But we become self-satisfied with the good thing. So then we end up being the useless thing. Now, we, got it. We, we, have to, we have to understand how we got it. We got the light because someone else was being the light for Jesus Christ. We got to be the salt because someone else was being the salt in our life and, and showed us the way to Christ. Someone else was being the person that, of that city that was saying, hey, there's a city. There's a city over here whose makers and the foundation and makers is, is God. And we followed that person, whether that was our, our family member, our fathers, our mothers, someone in our family, someone we know pointed us to Christ, was salt in our life, was light in our life, was, a, was, was proclaiming this city to come, and we received it. And imagine the joy, joy in heaven, obviously, but imagine the joy of that person that was light to you when they saw that you came to Christ. Do you know that joy? of a family member coming to Christ because you pointed them to it 
or someone else pointing them to it, and you say, man, my family member, my, my friend, my, the person that I've been praying with for a long time, praying for for a long time, man, they finally accepted Christ. I don't know about you, but that is a joyful moment. That is a joyful moment. That's what we should all be living for. Because there's nothing like someone you love coming to Christ and then being excited and charged up for God. It's an amazing feeling. It's an amazing thing. I remember when I was a young person, my mom really, really get, we've been praying for my mom for a long time, and she, she, was, she was in darkness. She was in that bland lifestyle of the world. She was in darkness of the world. She was living in the cities that she shouldn't have been in, right? But finally, she came to know Jesus Christ for real. And to, and to see that, for a family member is, it brings you joy that, that you can't explain. It's not enough to be self-satisfied as a Christian with, with, hey, I got my family saved. I got my family in the city. I got this person in. No, that's not enough. That's not what Christ came for. He didn't just come for, for those that he wanted. He came for the whole world. He died for the entire world. The entire world, not just you and your family, he died for the entire world. Not just for everyone that's saved right now. There's people that are unsaved right now that Jesus died for and he wants to save. And he's called us to be the salt of the world and the light of the world and the city that is on a hill. Now, the amazing thing about all of this, or one of the amazing things, is that Jesus Christ was the one that made us salt. He's the one that made us light. He's the one that lifts us up to be the city on a hill. He is the whole purpose for what we are. When he says, ye are the salt of the earth, he doesn't say that, oh, yeah, you're, you guys are the salt of the earth on your own. No. Those that trusted and believed on Christ were made salt by him. You were made light. You were made the light of the world. Why? Because Jesus said, said, I am the light, capital L, I am the light of the world. And he says, through me, ye are the light of the world. Same way with the salt. See, Jesus was the salt of the, world, of the earth, and he came to make us the salt. And he made us to be salty salt. Not in name only, but in power, but in action. Let us be Salty salt. Let us be the bright light. Let us be the city on a hill that, that is well seen. Finally, let's go to, let's go to verse number... Uh, we're going to wrap up in verse 16 here. He says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So now we see that there's a purpose for all of this, right? Because he says, okay, be salt. Be salty salt. Don't be unsalty salt. Otherwise, you're, you're, you're useless. But what is the reason for me to be salt? He says right here. What is the reason to be light? That they may see your good works? Yeah, thank you, everybody. See my good works? No, that's not it. 
That's not a period. That's a comic, comma, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. You see, some people will never know and never get to know Christ until they see a Christian or they hear from a Christian that's being a Christian. And many people, many, many people are discouraged from Christ because of unchristian Christians. For all the people that say, yeah, I'm a Christian, but they're not a Christian Christian. They're just a, you know, they're just a Christian. People know their lifestyle. And people know, they say, yeah, I'm salt. And they're like, yeah, I've been around him. <laughs> He's not salt. Yeah, I'm the light. I'm the light. I'm a Christian. I'm the light of the world. Yep. And you're like, that's the light? No, thanks. That's salt? No, thanks. You're the city on a hill? No, thanks. Right? That's like pumping up, you know, some small town USA and saying, oh, pumping it up like it's New York City. Then you get there and you're like, this isn't quite what you told me it was here. There's, there's nothing here. This is, this, is, uh, this is not it. This is not what, what, it, what it claimed to be. Oh, this is salt. This is supposed to provide all this uh, flavor and, 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 and zip and zang to my meal. And there's nothing here. And he says, you know what? That turns people off. <laughs> that turns people off. But he says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And I said, what's the difficulty here? This, this seems like a great path to follow here in the scriptures. We get to be salt. We get to be light. We get to do all these things. We get to be this city on a hill. We get to uh, participate in these good works. We get to glorify God and the Father. What's the, what's the challenge? Because it's hard for me, right? So I'm guessing that it's hard for you as well. It's our own selves. It's our own pride. Our own selves get into the way because sometimes we don't want to be salt. We don't want to be light. We know we're supposed to be. We know that we know this verse. We know we're the salt of the earth. We know that we've been saved by a, a living Savior that died on the cross and rose three days later. We know, we know most of this stuff here. This isn't, this isn't new stuff I'm talking to you about. We know that Jesus is the light of the world and that we're supposed to be the light of the world. We know that we're not supposed to hide our light under a candle or under a bushel. We know that we're not supposed to be this unsavory salt. Yet we struggle with that. Yet we struggle with that. Why? Because when we have the opportunity to be a light, we get an opportunity to talk to somebody about Christ, what do we think about? Think about ourselves a little bit. We're like, ah, if I talk to this person about this, then they might think about me like this. Yeah. If you start talking to them about Christ, they're going to think that you're a Christian. 
Surprise, surprise. If you start acting like salt, people are going to say, hey, man, this guy's got a little salt to him. This guy's being a light. He's cheerful. He's loving. He's kind. He's, he's gentle. He's got all the fruits of the Spirit. Wow, this guy might be a Christian. But in today's day and age, it's, sometimes that, that's, not the, that's not the cool thing to do. That's not the popular thing to do. That may make us a target for something else, for, for this, that, and the other thing. And I think too often we have the fear of men. We have the fear of men. We fear what our reputation is going to be. We fear, we fear people are going to know that we're Christians at the end of the day. But God says, let it be known. Let it be known to everybody you know that you're a Christian. By the way that you act, the way that you talk, the way that you are. Ye are the salt of the earth. So be the salt of the earth. In a time like we have now, when there's so much dilution, there's so much question about what it actually means to be a Christian, what an opportunity we have to be distinct. Everybody else is worried about politics, what's going on in the world. Everyone just thinks the world is going to end here, and it may end. But... We are the salt of the earth, and we are the light of the world. So when it gets darker, we should get brighter. When it gets more bland and everything gets more diluted and all the morals go out, guess what? That salt has a little bit more zip to it. That makes us even more useful. Man, this is our time, if any time, to be Christians and to make it known, and not be afraid. Ye are the salt of the earth. Ye are the light of the world. Let's be it. Let's not be afraid of it. Let's stop being afraid and say, you know what? Christ saved me. He died on the cross for me. Why should I be ashamed of him? Why should, be, I, should, why should I be ashamed to be called a Christian? The purpose of our calling is to let other people see the good works that God is doing through us so that God is glorified. God is still on the throne. God is still in charge of all that's going on around here. And he wants to be glorified. And he's looking at us and he's saying, I saved them to be lights. I saved them to be salt. Man, I, I want them to be it. Now's their time. Now's their chance. Today, this week, this is their chance to be different. I made them salt. This is their chance to be salt. With their neighbors, with their friends, with their coworkers, this is it. The world is, seems to be crumbling around us in all these different ways, and let's see if they're going to be salt. Let's see if they're going to be light. Or are they just going to dim out with everything else? Or are they just going to blend in with everything else and have no flavor and no salt? That would be a shame. That would be a shame. If God's preparing us for a time like this to be this city set on a hill that, that other people can look to and say, man, why are they so encouraged? Why are they so upbeat? 
Why are they, why are they talking about Christ? Why are they telling people about this, that, and the other thing? Fruits of the Spirit, living a good life, doing what's right. Why are they doing that? And we can tell them why. Because there's a living Savior that's alive today. Because there's a creator God that created all of us for a purpose. And there's a heaven and a hell. And at the end of the day, that's what matters. I think we got too comfortable. I know I get too comfortable. We just live our lives. Things are going well. When things are going well, sometimes we lose, we lose our saltiness. We lose our light. Because everything's going good. There's, the, the visibility's clear. I don't really need my light. But when you need a light, you need a light. And you need to be ready. So we need to be plugged in. That salt, we got to be plugged into the salt. This right here <laughs> is salt. This right here is salt. This right here is going to cut across everything that we are. This is what makes us different right here. That distinctive flavor, that distinctive power that salt has in all these different areas, it's different than other things. And that's what this word is. It's different. The light. We get the light from Jesus Christ. He's the light of the world. How do we learn about Jesus? Right here in the scriptures. We have to know this book. As Christians, we have to know it. We have to live it. We have to be about it every day. Christ saved us and he made us new creatures. He made us new creatures. Why? To proclaim to others and to tell other people about this Savior so that they could become new creatures. He made us salt to be salt. He made us new creatures to be new creatures, to put on the new man, to live this new life. He made us light to be light. But unfortunately, we can choose the opposite. He made us a light, but we can choose. We can say, you know what? Thank you, God, for saving me, but man, this is just too hard. That's going to cut across my personality. That's going to cut across what I like to do. So I'm not going to be a light today. Maybe I'll be a light in the future. We can choose those things, but that's not our purpose. Our purpose is to let our light shine before men. We're supposed to be the salt of the earth. So that means we need to get out into the earth. We need to get out into the world. We need to get out and be around other people, right? We need to be the light of the world and be shining our light around other people. Why? So that they can see it. We're here to connect with other people. That's what we're here for. We're not here to get saved and then hunker down. No, we're here to get saved and go out. That's what the Great Commission is. Be the salt, be the light, get out and share it. Let our light so shine before men that they may see these works and glorify God in heaven. Let's not be a dim light. Let's get plugged into the power source so that our light is bright. Let's get plugged into Jesus Christ and who he was and what he was about and be like him so that we can be the salt, so that we can be the light. Let us be pointing people to Christ in every way that we can, in our life, in our words, in our deeds. Let's be um, salty in a way that's not prideful. Let's be a light that's in a way not looking down at other people and saying, hey, I'm a light, you're in darkness. No, we're saying, hey, you're in darkness. There's a light over here. Come to the light. This is not meant to just be bashing people over the heads so that we can... We can be, hey, I'm, 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 the, I'm, I'm the city on a hill. Why don't you, we're, we're, this, we're this great place. 
We are this great place, but we're saying, hey, we want you to come to this city. We want you to join us. It's an outreach. It's not a condemnation. Jesus did not, he came to save the world, right? Not to condemn. He wanted to save. Those that don't get saved will be condemned, though. But let's seek, to, let's seek to point people to Christ in a way that is pointing them to salvation. Just like Christ did. We need to be Christian Christians, not like my old Sunday school teacher would call us if we weren't being Christian Christians. He would say we're trying to be secret agent Christians. Let's not be that. Undercover Christians. No, that's, that's a contradiction. A Christian is one that is on the Great Commission proclaiming Christ to others. If we're not doing that, then we're doing the secret agent thing, then God's looking at us, Jesus is looking at us, and he's the one that we're saying, hey, you're supposed to be salt. If you're not salty, you're not, you're not doing what you're supposed to do. So let us be who we've called, been called to be, the salt of the earth, the light of the world, the city set on a hill, not for our own selves, not for our own good, not for our own glitz and glamour and everyone look at us, but why? That others would see Christ in us and that they would glorify God. Because all this that we're here for is about God. If you're here for yourself, that's not it. If you're here to, to glean things and that you can grow and that you can be this great person, and no, that's not what it's about. That's a pathway to help others and to, and, to, and to fulfill your calling. If your whole purpose in life was to, to be a light or to be salt or to be a Christian and you miss out on what it means to be those things, you missed it. Let us be what we are. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this word. Thank you for uh, this scripture that we have here in Matthew chapter 5 where you just give a simple few illustrations of what we are, what you've called us to be. Help us to be this salt. Help us to be this light. Father, uh, this is a, a message that speaks to the core of who we are as believers. And it's not always easy for us to, to be what you've called us to be. We have pride. We have our own um, uh, reputation that we hold highly. Father, help us to be humble. Help us to be meek and lowly. Help us to be like Christ, one who came down from heaven above to live amongst men. Help us to be humble. Help us to understand that our lives are not about us. They're not about us at all. They're about God and glorifying God. Father, help us to love God. Help us to love Christ. Help us to love others um, as Christ taught us, as he gave us an example. Father, I pray that um, anybody here that does not know Christ as Savior would come to know him as their Savior, that they could be transformed from where they are now to the salt, to this light, to, um, to be a true Christian in heart and in mind and in spirit. Father, I pray that you would help us all as Christians to take this message to heart, help us to hide it with us and share it as it grows within us, Father, I pray that you would just move us to be what you've called us to be in this, in this trying time um, that we're in. 
We know people are hurting all around the world, even right now, that need a light, that need to see the light, that need people in their lives that are distinctly different like salt. There's people that need to know about this city that God has prepared for all of us. And Father, it's, it's going to come through us. So I pray that you would help us to take on this great commission, take on this challenge, take on this charge to be what you've called us to be. We thank you for making us who we are. We pray that you would help us to yield to your spirit and yield to you in all these ways. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.